Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Um, it's been a fantastic 2020 for us. We've had the record um, sort of listeners and it's been a really humbling experience, obviously coming seven years now doing this podcast and it's amazing how you all spend time, uh, you know, your own time listening to, to me, Paul and Parky talk all things Salford Red Devils. It's really, really sort of touches me really that you all take time out to listen. Uh, and joining me on the show uh, today, um, Paul Whiteside's keeping Britain warm. So we've got Paul Packing on the show. Paul Parkin, hello Packet. Good evening, Rob. You okay? Yeah, Happy New Year. You okay? Happy New Year, yeah. And Happy New Year to everybody else, all the uh, rest of the Salford uh, supporters out there. It's, uh, let's uh, let's look forward to another good one. Yeah, yeah. We've had a, we've had Christmas. Parky, enjoy on all the, the food and the booze. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. So it kind of passed me by a little bit this year, a bit busy with, with work and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it's always it's always a nice time, isn't it? Just a shame we couldn't spend more time together. And, you know, this time of year, usually getting ready for friendlies and all that kind of stuff, getting a bit excited. But uh, obviously life's on a bit of a, a bit of a hold at the moment. But yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice to just, just have a quiet one, really. Not as hectic as usual. Yeah, the the little one's doing doing better. Only waking up once a night, so me me sleep pattern is is off, but it's not as off as it could be. Wow, mm. right. sleeps more than I do, and that says something. <laughs> so we're we're doing quite well, really. Uh, but I say it's only early doors, Parker. We still we know we know these things change real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't envy you the, the task ahead, mate. It's uh, you're in for the long haul again. <laughs> It's a journey. It's a journey. That's what it is. So there's um there's loads to go at because uh, we've not done a podcast for about six weeks, have we? Have we, Parky? So uh, loads and loads of news to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's strange. Um, it, it's only sort of reviewing before you know before the, we started the show that it, it kind of caught up with me how much we in that space of time. It seems to have like flown by, and you're thinking, oh, everybody knows this, but it's it, we just, nobody's been had a chance to discuss it. I, I, Forgot about half of it. To be fair, it's uh, yeah. There's lots to blast through. Yeah, loads to go through. What we'll do, Parky, we'll go through. Uh, we'll have a look at the signings first. Uh, been busy in the old in the old uh, transfer market. Obviously, Richard Marshall needs a you know a, a squad that he's confident with and he's he's invested, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. This is the thing. I mean, the, the, the number of players in since the last podcast that we we brought in, it's quite a shock, um, and it's certainly turned my. Uh, my, any sort of scepticism I had upside down. I think you know it looks it looks really exciting. If you know if you can bring in that many players, maybe maybe one or two more. Who knows before the season starts? But uh, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, loads of players. Um, Elad Taylor, um, you know he's a he's an inter- a New Zealand international parker. Uh, West Tigers co-captain uh, with five other players. He's, he's certainly, I think, an important. He's going to be an important player for us uh, in that in that leadership uh, group. Absolutely. I mean, I, I watch a lot of NRL and I've, I've seen him for, for for a number of years now. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, he's, he's he's got a lot a lot left to give. He's uh, he's a really solid work, you know, workman like player. Um, a, a great a great signing for us. I, I, I mean, he was kind of one of them out of the blue. He's not that kind of player that you just you know he's never linked with anybody. He seemed settled in Australia. He got you know he's always had a club. He's he's had no problems, but. Uh, yeah, great signing, and really what we needed to bolster that, you know, that back row of ours, which obviously we, you know, lost a few players in, in Flanagan, and and you know, a couple, a couple of others have gone. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be great for us. If we, you know, he, he's a superb player to add to the team. I think most teams in Super League probably took note to that one. Yeah, I think it's great. I think uh, Phil Gould. Uh, said he was the elite. He says elite football talent, tremendous character, and, and with leadership quality. And I think. Um, Richard Marshall kind of wants to to invest that into the squad, the the leadership and the uh, and the character. I think it's going to be a good thing moving forward because obviously you know these players um, you know have tremendous talent and they, they want to work hard. If they can get the sort of the character behind them as well, um, they're on for a winner. Yeah, I think that's something the club have done really well. You know, Bleasy helping out. You know, obviously in, in in the recruitment department for the last couple of years, bringing the right characters, not just the right you know players with attributes on the field. It's what you bring off the field and how you fit into our squad and our mentality of, of a club. And, you know, buying into the fact, I mean, that, that you know, we're, we're not a massive club. You know, we, we don't have great resources. We're never just going to go out and sign, you know, 
the best players in the world. But you've got you, you've got to make yourself fit in. You got you got to have that work ethic that the club really needs to get to get the most out of time. That's what we've done over the last couple of years. You know, we've had players who maybe have been a little bit unfancied or unfashionable, but we've got them to give everything they've got. And that you, you can't ask any more than that. It's got us some success. You know, let's be honest, we can't can't really complain over the last uh, sort of you know 12, 24 months. Uh, of what what the club have achieved just by having the right characters and and people like Lee Mossop who you know who's a leader uh, Flash was was obviously one of them as well who's, who's now retired so hopefully Elijah can come in now and and he can he can be one of them them players that some of the younger players will look up to but he, it's what he does off the pitch as well as on the pitch that's, that's going to count um, yeah and so you know so it seems like that's that's where the club are going again this this let's build a you know build a team from within not just add players here and there you know these players have got to fit into what we do yeah obviously big signs as well uh, Joe Burgess uh, from Wigan uh, prolific winger 140 games 114 tries Parker England international for me a Rolls Royce uh, kind of winger NRL experience as well you know he's the kind of the guy that when he gets the ball five metres out ten metres out near the line and the cover's drawn he goes over in the corner absolutely I mean I when it was first muted, sort of halfway through last season, that you know we'd been linked with him, it was kind of like, why would Wigan let him go? Mm. You know, he's, he's an absolutely magnificent winger. He's got, he is the that what we've been looking for. He's got, he's got pace. He's got skill. I mean, if he find, you like to say, if he finds a gap, he's gone. There's not many going to catch him. Um, I think it's a real coup. I think again, another one that will surprise people. He's, he's, he's joined us. Um, and looking at you know looking at Wigan last last couple of seasons, they had a lot of problems on the wings, and he's been the one consistent player. Um, so I'm delighted to have him on board. Big big name, and you know he's still got. You can re, he, he's probably looking at rebuilding again. You know when he came back from Oz, it didn't quite work in Oz for him. He came back, he, he started again at Wigan. He wants international honours. He want, you know he wants to keep moving on. He's still only you know a young lad really. Um, brilliant signing. How, how we pulled it off, I, I don't know. And. Added to that that back line we've got, it just seems complete. It looks it looks pretty devastating if you can get them all fit on and you know in action on the same day. Yeah, talking about back line, uh, Marty Costello, uh, he's come as well. Uh, centre winger, full back, uh, very good player, I, I think. Parking, you know, he's certainly going to add quality to this team. Yeah, kid with uh, plenty of potential. Uh, you know, spoke to a couple of Saints fans that I know. And they're 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 a bit disappointed. The club have let him go. They think he's the next, you know, the next phase. You can't the, the days of going out and just signing, you know, these players. I know they've got like people like Nagama from who came over from Australia. You know, people like that. They're going to fade away a little bit, especially you know during COVID and whatever that goes on in the next you know two three years going forward in rugby league financially. And uh, I think they wanted to keep holding him. The real solid player. A uh, lot, lot of quality. Seen him a couple of times play for Saints um, through through the last couple of years. Uh, so another another surprise, and it just adds to that back line, you know. And the, the oh, he won't be seeing it this way, but as cover, if you know, he's going to play in the centre with either Sarge or, or or Watkins. I mean, to take place in, in that back line, just a, just another great signing. Yeah, I think it's important, isn't it, that you have quality, you know, depth. And and I think Richard Marshall is has seen that and and he's he's trying to create that in this squad. And the likes of Costello coming in um, adds to that. And and I think us moving forward, we we've achieved so much in the last sort of uh, sort of, what two years. Um, and to bring these players in are only going to make the the team and and the club better for me. Oh yeah, I mean it's about building year on year for us and and. Getting you know getting stronger. Like I said, we're not going to go out and just sign all big names or anything like that. That's never going to happen. What what we are doing is you've got to look at the, like the, what you may call it, like the backup as well. So like I say, the two main centres that you would think would start for us, one of them picks up an injury. Have we now signed players that were better than maybe last year's? You know that needed to step up into them roles and then build again. And then Costello is one of them players who will again get more experience with us. And then we'll just fill that gap. You know, it'd be seamless. Um, I think it's a great move. Uh, and another another exciting one, because again, he's a kid that, well, not a kid as such, but he's a player that will want to, to build his reputation uh, and make sure that, you know, that Saints realise that they made a mistake letting him go. I, I always talk about us being an opportunity club, Paul. And, you know, the, these signings that we brought in, 
I see it as a, a step sort of out of that into into sort of a club that's that sort of you know going to compete every season and, and looking at being in a semi-finals and finals and it's a great it's a great step I, I think big thing for me opportunity club thing but I, I think we're trying to get out of that now and go into that next level. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 we have been that kind of club, I suppose. When you think about it, when you just look at the amount of players that have, have left us in the last few years, and, and still goes on, you know, till till the end of of twenty twenty, it was it was still happening. You know, we give these players a chance, and off they go. We've got to make it that that we keep hold of them. This this is the thing now. This is the next step for us. We are bringing in players of quality, but we don't want them to see us as just like say, you know. Oh, I can I can spend a year or two here and then I'm moving on to to you know a, a bigger club or whatever. We want to be one of those clubs where a player will join and go. This this is where I want to be. This is the club, and you know I, I know I'll be in the playoffs next year. I know we'll have a crack at you know a cup, um, and and you know I can get looked at uh, for international honours because people are going to you know look towards Salford and like they have done in, in many ways with Castleford in the past. Um, and I think that's 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 something that's got to change with us, and and these signings will do that. Yeah, but I think the culture's changed uh, totally, uh, Parker. That I I spoke to Greg Burt, one of our one of our interviews we did um, with with the players uh, through through the winter, and and he talked about how the, the culture has has changed since he's been at, at Salford, and you know other people in in that in that sort of category of, of player who have come through at Salford have managed to go to that next level and, and he sees this club as a, as a vehicle to, to actually go and sort of go and win something. Now, he talks about, um, you know, how the Super League sort of cartel works and, you know, Wigan and, and Saints and Leeds and, and Salford are pushing themselves into that now, Parky, and, and it's only sort of a matter of time for me that we break into it because as long as we keep developing it and keep producing, you know, good, good play and, and buying good players, you know, we'll break into that cartel and start winning. Yeah, and that's that's got to be the ultimate, you know, the ultimate dream and, and people like Greg Burke, going back to what we were saying before, he was one of them players that clearly bought into to, to what the club was about uh, and he, he gives, you know, every time he plays, he gives everything he's got and he was one of them players that obviously when we signed him was, you know, looked at as, what well, you know, what, what we doing here, where are we going? Uh, but they, they signed him knowing you know his character and what kind of player he's going to be, uh, and that's now set that platform for these newer players to come in. And like I say, you know, big credit to to Mark Flanagan and and, and Lee Mossop and people like that who, who sort of built that environment in the changing room. Um, and now these new players are in and, and buying into it straight away, and realise that this isn't there's no fractures, there's no us and them. That we all know it's happened in the past at Salford, whether it be the Australians against the, you know the Brits or. Some lads from Lee against some lads from Wigan, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's now that, that they're all as one as a, as a club should be, uh, and that that culture is going to help us grow and become, you know, real contenders. Yeah, Sebastian Ikeafo said the same uh, to me, uh, Parkid. He wants he wants to see the challenge at Salford, and he wants to see Salford achieve a, a final. He's, he talked about how long we'd we'd waited to receive, you know, get to a challenge cup uh, final again, and how we wanted to make history at the club, and, th- and that's the drive in it. That's the drive that these players have got now. They they want to achieve. They want to to make themselves, uh, you know, immortal because that's what they become if if they if they go and win something. To be fair, they've got to two two finals in two years, so they're they're, they're well on the way, aren't they, Park? Let's be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is what I'm saying about this this culture as well. Because for, for years, players came to Salford and saw it as a, either a a stepping stone or or b a place to retire and get you know get your money in the bank and that's it. There was no real ambition in a lot of players to to see Salford succeed, and that's changed. And that's the difference now. These players are bought into Salford. Not they're not just part of a club, and you know you come and you go. This is this is the culture that's been built. Uh, and you know a lot of credit, like I say, to to Bleasy and, and everybody else, and you know. Fair play to uh, to our former coach who, who certainly you know helped that happen, and now hopefully you know Richard Marshall's got the same kind of ethic, um, and that's that's what you need. This is this is where it's changed with Salford, and now players what you know players are coming in and actually realizing that there's, there's a club here that that they can become part of, and they can make you know make history and make uh, headlines and become like you say become heroes to people. It's not just the case that I used to play for Wigan, uh, so I was a good player. I'm at Salford now, but it, you know it'll do. That's not good enough, uh, and we did have that for a long time. That, that, that culture, but it's you know it's completely changed now, and 
you can see by the caliber of players and and the way they talk about the club now is a real kind of feel a real love you, you could say we, you know within them that they've got this passion for the club and so many players that have left us in recent years not all but most of you know they're still very well connected to the club they're still very passionate about the club and they've, they've moved on for whatever reason usually financial and who you know who can blame them for that um but yeah that's there now and the there's, you know, there's a legacy being left by these players that have come and gone, and and look, some of those that are still there, and um, that will will see us, uh, will see us achieve things. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. It's about reaching that next level, attaining that next goal. Parking, you know, with Richard Marshall in charge. I watched his um his his interviews on Red Devils TV, and and he's 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 there. He, he's in full flow now. He knows what 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 the situation is. He's got a grip on on the on this this team and and this squad, and he's gonna hopefully take everyone to that next level he's experienced in in you know coaching at the, the highest level and he knows what what it takes to to win games and you know he's he's going to be teaching our players and likes of Danny R as well you know another fantastic coach when when we interviewed him he he, he said all the right things and and he's he's certainly focused on, on what 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 makes success and and really really happy that them two are now involved well yeah i mean again this this thing with with Richard Marshall, he's come from a club of winners, you know. Saint Helens as a club wins, you know. It doesn't make a final generally and lose, you know, lose too many. Obviously they do, but it's kind of a, especially in the last few years. And he's going to bring that. We've we've already got this work ethic. We've got this this community of a of a club that wants to do things. He's just getting over that finish line, and, and he's seen our winners prepare and our winners. You know, go on. Like I mentioned last time, the likes of James Rover. You know, what an example of a player. He's worked with him for the last two years. He can see in a player now that what what it takes to get to that next level, to go on and win things, not just make semi-finals and finals, to actually you know go on and win them. And we were close last year in the cup. I know that, but we just didn't have that that edge as such. And that's what he'll bring. And Danny on again. I mean, wealth of experience and the clubs he's been at, and you know he he'll have seen that. Uh, and it just all seems a lot more. So we've moved on another step again now from from where we were. You know, again, I go back to to, to Ian Watson and and what he kind of achieved with the club. Um, and he was a guy that you know had played mainly in the lower leagues, and he maybe didn't have that that little bit of experience to push us that extra bit. But I think I think Richie Marshall, from what he's seen in the clubs, certainly Warrington and Saints that he's been at, um, he'll have picked up a lot from that, and that'll be passed on to the players, and it'll give them a lot more. Confidence going into these big games, you know, we, yeah, we know we can compete with them. No, we we can beat these teams. We know how to win games, and that's that's something that's got to change. And it, again, it's another. We've got to a stage now where we can make finals. Now let's push on. Yeah, Richard Marshall talks a lot about you development, uh, Parky, and you know, Harvey Livett. You know, coming from from well from Warrington and all Kings Rovers. You know, he's a kind of the player that Richard's kind of like took under his wing previously and he knows what Livett's you know the possibility of what he could become second row centre play for England Knights good goal kicker as well uh, so he's got he's got all the all the attributes to be a top top player yeah I'm not, I'm not sure what happened with Harvey's kind of time at Warrington they seemed to to farm him out of it when they, they didn't have better better options I didn't think um, he's impressed me when I've seen him he's always been a you know good hard working player good strong running player um, and and like you say, he's got youth on his side. I'm just not sure. I mean, I don't want to have pop at other clubs, but it just seems the Warrington way. Um, he, yeah, a, a good player. And again, he's going to get that that chance now to to say this is my club because obviously he's been at Warrington, but he's been alone at OKR and things like that. This is his club now. You know, he can build his career from here and uh, and be part of this 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 journey we're on. Um, and it, it'll obviously benefit from from playing along some some of the, the, the players that are here now um, and picking up the advice of, of Marshall from, from what he's seen. Again, going back to, to St. Helens, to, to players in, in their team with a vast experience and know-how. And he can pass that on. Um, yeah, I don't really know how he's he's kind of slipped through Warrington's net as he has. I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah, he, I saw his interview on Red Devils TV and he talks about sort of playing with a bit more freedom at Salford. And it, it, I suppose with the Ian Watson way and and you know five drives and a kick and you know pressure 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 pressure, 
is is the Richard Marsh away? Is it a different way? Are we looking at looking at throwing the ball around a bit more? That that's the question you ask yourself when you're talking about bringing you know Harvey Livett in because he was he was talking about playing off the cuff and and more freedom and and wanting to play and you know it's a good thing obviously you want you want your players to be able to express themselves, uh, Packy. But it's just are we going to slightly deviate from from what we've we've what we're used to and what is a success? Yeah, Richard will have his own style of play, won't he? He'll bring that in. Um, Saints have always been renowned for that that kind of play. I think the last certainly the last twelve months under Christian Wolfe, kind of tightened up a bit more defensively. Seem to work on that a lot more and not be as you know as much flair. But you know, and everybody knows if you watch Saints at any moment, they can they can score a try from nothing. Uh, and he'll have he'll have that in mind. And I think the way rugby league is now, the games change so much that you don't have big lumbering forwards there. You know. It, as such, you generally have, you know, fit athletic players that can cover a number of positions. Certainly, back rowers, you know, they they could easily be centres and even wingers at times. You know, they're quick and but powerful. Uh, and I think that would suit our game. We've got we seem to have a really mobile pack, uh, you know, from the players we've signed, and uh, that that will be a change for us. I don't think there'll be so much. Uh, obviously, there'll be times where you, you know you stick the ball up your shirt and just you know see the game out or whatever, but. I think there may be a bit more of a cutting edge to us in attack. I think it's it's giving some you know other teams something to think about in it. You know what I mean, and that's and that's what I think sort of Richard Marshall sort of wants. He wants us to be dangerous in in different areas of the field, and and it's exciting, exciting. I think that you know we've got a coach there who is is willing to to mix it uh, and and give us a you know a bit of excitement, but a bit of graft at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this. You know, we, we haven't even played a friendly yet. We don't know quite how his style is. We don't know how the squad's going to settle. What he's what he's thinking, really. But his his style of play, I'm sure, will will probably image what what Saints do quite a lot um, because it's successful. It works, and if it works, you know, why why wouldn't you go with it? Uh, and I think that's you, you tend to find that in, in all sports, don't you? Know, that football goes through phases as well of. You know, one minute it's it's all about possession play, this, that, and the other. And then it's all, you know, uh, what they call heavy metal football and that kind of, you know, it, it changes over time and then that gets caught up. So, other signings, uh, Parker, Sam Lucky, uh, Luckley, sorry, um, big unit. He looks like a big unit. Scottish international, um, he did sign for Water, but decided against it when not to. He decided not to play in the in the in the in the league, and we snapped him up. Snapped him up. It's a big opportunity of him uh, to show what he's all about. Yeah, it's, it's one of those no pressure signings for for either party. Really, he, he's got time now to to develop in a in a Super League environment, which he won't have you know played in before. Um, and and for us, he, he's an option that we can work on. We could try and mould him into our player. Um, it's not a huge financial risk, I wouldn't have thought, bringing him in. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him, um, but, you know, like I say, a few, a few clips on, on YouTube and that kind of thing. But it's it's one of those signings where it, it could go either way. It could be it could be a massive surprise and absolutely, you know, be brilliant. Somebody's seen something in him, whether it's Richie Marshall or, or you know, somebody's tipped us off about him. He looks, he, he has got a lot of size about him uh, and obviously he has got experience. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of the no lose signings for me. That he, if it doesn't work, well, you know, he's had a go, and we, he, we there'll be no great financial loss to us. If it works, well, what a signing! You know, you've got a guy probably coming in on a bargain with everything to prove. Uh, it could work out fantastic for us and him. I think the important as well, we, we've got extra size in, in this squad. Uh, in the pack area as well, with the sign of, of Darcy Lussick on a one-year deal, uh, Park is is certainly had you know certain size in in that front row, and and that's what maybe Richard Marshall is looking for, big mean forwards. Yeah, but they're not just they're not just big lads; they're, they're very mobile um, and got you know they've got great hands. They can all they can all offload. You know, uh, Lussick. What I mean, what an amazing signing for me. Brilliant. Him and, him and Elijah Taylor will be, bring so much to that pack in terms of size, but work rate and and quality. And like I say, they are both. You know, the, the, the certainly uh, Darcy's a big lad, um, but a, a real quality, of wealth of experience, and yet still, you know, still a, a, a great age for a prop forward to to even develop further. I think it's a, a great signing that. And like you say, he had, he'll add bulk to the to the pack, but it's that, that experience element as well. Um, 
And again, another guy probably now with another point to prove. He didn't have anything to prove when he came to Toronto because uh, of what he already achieved in Australia. You know, he, he was a he was a you know fairly big name player, and and he, you know he was never going to struggle to get a club. I would have thought, but he took that that gamble to go to Toronto. Obviously, you know, financially it made sense for him uh, and a new challenge. Um, and then everything's gone you know badly wrong for him. Um, but it's felt it's felt so lucky for us. We we you know the. The time is probably perfect financially for us now. We've, we've made a bit of room on the on the cap, brought him in. Uh, other clubs would have loved to have had him, uh, but he lives in Salford as well. Um, so it's, he already knows the club. He knows, you know, he knows the club again. Like I say, through his through his brother, um, who will have spoken good things about us. And uh, I, I I just think it's probably you could say maybe Burgess as well. I, I think it's probably the best signing we've made. He certainly had something to that that front row, Parky, and and you know you you want forwards don't, to be big and menacing, and I think you know them two lads certainly bring that to, to the party. Talking about other forwards, Danny Addy, um, sort of utility forward, uh, Scottish international, Lee vice captain, played for Bradford, played for Dewsbury, played for Hull KR. You know he, he's ex- he's got the experience, he's got the leadership as well. Uh, he'll add certain you know quality to that to that playing group. Yeah, very much. And a player, again, that'll offer us a bit of utility in, in the pack. He can play various positions um, and all, you know, equally adapt. He's a, he's a good player to, to bring in. Um, I, I don't know the timing of his signing, whether it was before or after Lee knew, but uh, they were coming to Super League. But he's it's worked out well for us. Again, another one that's he's probably just timing more than anything. Uh, and he's seen Salford as a, you know... a, a a safe bet, really, I think. You know, do, do you stay at league, even if they get to Super League? Are they going to struggle? Are they going to stay there? You know, it's a, it's a big ask in a short space of time for any club to, to come to Super League and build a, a squad and a mentality good enough to, to achieve what you need to achieve. He's come to he's come to Salford where he's probably looking, he, well, he's certainly going to be looking up rather than down. Um, he's seen that, you know, again, the, the two finals we've been in, that's a club going in, in, in the right direction. He could have been comfortable at Lee, captain, vice-captain, whatever. He knows he's going to have to really work to get into our team. And that just shows a level of ambition that that he's different now as well. It's not just, like I said before, it's not just this stepping stone of a club. It's somewhere now he needs to go and prove again to himself and to the club he's good enough to, to get a place in our starting 13. Yeah, opportunity to grow as a player into and for us as a club as well, um, I'm very excited about about him as well. Uh, other other signings. Talking about us and, and our sort of community feel. Um, you know, we we've also signed Jack Wells, a, a local lad, ex Folly Lane. He's been playing for Wigan in the second row. Um, you know, him, Callum Watkins, both sort of sort of local lads, both dreamt to playing uh, for for Salford Red Devils, and and you know they're living our dream now. Parker is representing the the club. Yeah, like you say, local lad. Um, I know his 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 family were, you know, and his dad grew up very close to the Willows. Uh, so it's it's you know, it's in him. I know his dad used to go and watch watch the Reds. I don't know if he still does. He probably does. Um, and he, like you say, he's grown up. And he when he was watching Salford back, you know, from the terraces, he thought, you know, I'd love to. I'd, these are my heroes. Whoever was playing for us at the time. Um, what you know, what kind of players? And he's developed and good enough for a club like Wigan to come in and. And signed him up at a young age, and then he, he played Super League quite a few times a few years ago, and then I think he struggled a little bit with injury, and he needs to kind of rebuild now. And this is this this might get the best out of him playing for his for his hometown club. Uh, you know, he, he will obviously like, we, we he'll give that extra ten percent as soon as he's got that, that you know that crest on his chest, um, and and playing in front of his own his own people, his own friends and family again um, for for his club. And and he'll see this now as a, a way of again another one that can turn around and, and say to Wigan, you know, you shouldn't have let me go, you know, I, I've got a lot to offer. But it, it was always going to be tough for him to get into to the back row at Wigan anyway. Uh, but he's come here now and he's got a chance to to develop and and rebuild uh, and then become part of this, you know, the, the future of Salford and and what hopefully will be a successful uh, future and be, and become a, literally a local hero. Yeah, it gives the the kids coming through uh, Parky that hope, and and you know you they'll see you know them them players playing that that have come through you know not come through our ranks but local lads, and 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 they'll they'll see how much 
sort of joy they get from from playing uh, for the team and and, and they'll want to sort of reproduce that, won't they? Um, so it's it's a good thing, you know, in in different areas, really. Yeah, it's, it's something that I know Richie Marshall is is very uh, very keen on, like youth local youth development. And like you say, he's, he's not he's not sort of come through our academy kind of thing. But he, you know, he played at Folly Lane, and I remember another back row that used to play for Folly Lane that that's uh, still heavily connected with the club now uh, in our chief uh, executive. Uh, and he, he wants to see the same thing. He wants to see that 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 way for these players to be able to come through. And, and and just him going back, maybe, you know, to follow down to a training session and saying, you know, this is where I started out, you know, and I'm playing for my club now. And some of them guys there and kids who, who might come and watch Salford, you know, week in, week out, and then go and play for Folly at the weekend, have a dream. And there's a way to go and they can see that, you know, it's not all... Australians and lads from Wigan and Leo, whatever that, that play for Salford, that there are people that they can relate to. Lads who grew up in you know same sort of circumstances and the same streets, really. Uh, and it's it's a good lift, and it, it's great it's great for us to have these lads that look like same in Callum Watkins. What he did throughout you know throughout the rugby league world, what he's done uh, previous to that, you know, the likes of Adrian Mall, he's spreading the name, and it, it, it does give you a good sense of pride. And I think it's. Uh, it's something that I know, like I say, I know they're keen, keen on doing, and uh, let's hope that these guys can sort of open up more, more, more pathways for the next generation. Yeah, we've been busy re-signing players as well, uh, Parker. Chris Nantinu uh, has signed a new deal. Dream team member of 2020. You know, great goal kicker. You know, knows where the line is. He's going to certainly add competition to that back line. Uh, you know, probably a proper bum fight to get into to the back four. Yeah, four four very strong wingers at the club now. Um, in in Burgess, uh, Inu, Co, and, and Williams, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's a headache that most managers would love to have. Uh, who plays every week? You know, there's so much competition in this squad, and he gets to you know change tactics perhaps depending on what team and what what style of winger they're playing against. And um, and then again, when we get injuries, which we will, you know, it's bound to happen. To have players like any of those as as a you know, as a backup, it's, it's tremendous. It's, I, I thought last time we spoke, I, I thought it was more or less done that he wouldn't be staying with us. I really did, and I thought, is it? You know, would it be that much of a loss? We've got, we've still got, you know, some some really good wingers with us. Um, but what what a boost it is! And who knows through pre-season now? You know, Richard Marshall will be seeing things in players and, and their attitude, and 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 for for, for any, it's a kind of a well, I might have one year left at this level. You know, let's give it a real crack. And he might get his head down in training, and and you know be the be the in the starting uh, starting wing slot come the first game of the season. Uh, but it's great to have competition. Like you say, the, the the back end of the season when we lost Kenny Seo, um, and, and Inu came in, what an impact he made. You know, we, we we played towards him as well. You know, we're giving them opportunities, 15, 20 yards out where you're not going to stop a lad like that. Um, and he, you know, he got a, a bundle of tries, and and his goal kicking is. Probably second to none in Super League at the moment. He how many he misses? He's so rare. When he does miss one, you're kind of shocked and a bit disappointed in him. And uh, you know, days gone by, we we used to cry out for a wing, uh, a goal kicking winger of some sort. But uh, no, brilliant, great news for us. And and you know, fingers crossed, he has it. Uh, you know, a full injury free season, and, and we get the best out of him. Yeah, I think because of all that competition, uh, we re-signed Ed Chamberlain on a, on I think it was a two year deal. Uh, but then loaned him out to London. I think I think it's good that he, he'll get game time at London to to help develop, rather than just just sort of sit in our well in our squad because don't there isn't a reserve team, is there? So he he won't get games. So I think it's important he gets games under his belt, uh, continues to develop, um, and then we can look forward to him in twenty twenty two. Yeah, the lads had so much bad luck, hasn't he, with injuries um, since he's come? I think he's had two or three, you know, real bad injuries in this time. When I've seen him, he looks he looks a decent player. I know he played towards the back end of the season. Uh, he looks good. Another one that kicks goals as well, which is which is interesting. And he can play he can play right across that back line, really full back, wing, centre. Um, a little bit surprised we, we kind of signed him and then let him go out on loan. I understand he needs time again to rebuild and, and get his fitness and and everything. And hopefully, if, if needed, we can you know we can call him back. Um, but yeah, a little, a little bit surprised at that, but. There's no problem for me. I want to see more of him. Uh, I like what I saw when when I have seen him. And uh, fingers crossed, he can come back to us in you know even at the end of the next season, fully fit with a season under under his belt, and 
make an impact after that because he's still only young, really. So we've been busy in the old transfer market, Parker. Is there anywhere else we need to? Do you, do you think we need to invest in position wise? Uh, personally, I'd like to see another prop. Uh, I think we're we're slightly slightly down on that, uh, but. You know, there are players that can play. Like I say, the game's changed now and versatility is a big thing. Props don't always just go for a big lumbering prop forward. You know, you can have players who are back rowers who can play up in that, that position. We saw last year with, with Luke Yates, who, who went, I think he played in virtually every position in the pack last season. Um, so that's, it's not that much of an issue, but I would like to see maybe one more. Or a player who can play in a back row and, and prop position. Uh, and the only other thing is, Perhaps we, we might be a bit light in, in the hooking department. Not that it's hooking anymore, but, you know, um, we, we only seem to have one one hooker on our books as such. Um, and it's obviously a key position these days, the role they play, the, they're in the middle of everything forever. Um, so maybe that might be something we could we could look into. But overall, you've got to look at the balance of the squad and it's, it's not too bad at all. And if you can keep most players fit... Um, the, the only the only real other weakness would be maybe at half back, but you can't you can't buy and store half backs. Certainly not good ones. You know they're not going to come to your club and sit around, uh, and they do cost you know a premium. So overall, the balance of the squad looks really good. You know, and if you can just drag in maybe one or two, even if it's you know a lad from the championship who's got great promise, which again Richard Marshall knows the championship and he knows what's out there. Um, then then I think we'll have a really competitive squad, and I certainly think now. Looking at it, you know, a month on from our last podcast or whatever it was, we, we I think we actually look stronger than we did last year. Which is a good thing, because obviously, you know, we've achieved a lot in the last two years. So as long as we can keep developing and keep bringing these players in, Parker, you know, we, we, yeah. can, we, we can go to that next level and go, on, go and win, can't we? Yeah, very much so. I mean, losing... Yates, Dudson, uh, McCarthy, Flanagan out, out of that pack was, you know, a lot of experience and a lot of you know, real key players for a squad, not just the talent-wise, but what they bring to, to the team um, off the field. And it's going to be hard to replace. And then I look now and I think, you know what, I think we've done better than, than that. And, uh, you know, things don't always work out. We, we can sit here at the start of every season and say, you know, give give optimism and so on. Anything can happen. We know that. But, Overall, in the balance of it, I think we've done really well in, in, in the transfer market. And again, but it's a very limited budget in, in very trying times financially. Uh, and the work that, that Bleasy and, and you know the, the, his staff around him have done uh, in, in the off-season, it's been, it's been, been excellent. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe one or two more if, if I'm being greedy. But overall, I think we've got, we've got good numbers and good balance in the squad. Yeah, let's have a look at the other news that's happened so far in the off-season, uh, Parker. Uh, we were fined fifteen grand uh, for failing to complete our fixture list uh, because we had like a battered and broken squad. Um, what, what, what do you think about? It? I think it's, I think it's, it's very unlucky, uh, and I think the RFL should have should have kind of looked at it and thought, well, you know what, you know, with the COVID situation, um, you know, players have been playing every three days or something like that. They're going to be sort of broken so let, let's uh, let's let them off but I can see why the RFL didn't do that um, but what do you think? Uh, the, there are many words I could use for the RFL uh, <laughs> and, and certainly more so in this this occasion but as it's a family podcast I won't use them <laughs> uh, I think it's a joke I really do I think they go on about player, player welfare they, they didn't care when this happened they didn't care we weren't the only team that missed games last year some some teams didn't even bother completing most of their fixtures. Okay, I finished, I think, two or three games short. You know, don't forget, we played Toronto at the start of the year, which other teams didn't have to do for an extra game, which then got taken off the record. We we got to a cup final. We were broken. We were in bits. If you look, if you want to look after players, you have to look at it sensibly. Before the season started, we were told that they can't play two games over Easter. It's unfair and it's not fair. You know, the, the bodies won't be able to take it. But then we're expected to play every three or four days just because, you know, because of what happened with COVID. No, it's wrong. It's absolutely a shocking decision. And I think most rugby league fans would agree. Even Warrington fans were, were you know, on, on social media were, were back in Salford saying, this, you know, this is a joke. Um, what, did, what did they want us to do? Field players that were injured, that may have been carrying long-term injuries that could have, you know, could have ended careers. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. These guys aren't on, 
you know, Premier League footballers' wages. You know, they 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 earn money, but not not enough to risk their whole career just for you know sake of dragging them out for a game that, in, in all honesty, looking at the league table, made no difference to anybody. Um, Warrington got two points. They got twenty. You know, they won twenty four nil. By by the end of it, we could you know we could have ended up finishing bottom if results had gone the, you know other ways towards the back end of that season. You know, and that wouldn't mean good for us. He wouldn't look good, even though there was nothing we could do. I think it's a disgusting decision, and I don't think they'd have done it to, to any other team. I really don't. I mean, Leeds refused to fly to Catalan before the COVID restrictions were actually put in place. Well, where was their punishment? I think Saints didn't play Catalan. Um, Cass and Hull, I think, refused to play a couple. Of, I couldn't, or certainly Cass couldn't play games. Why? Why were we punished for this? Um, we wanted to put on a show. You know, for the cup final as well. You know, the big, the big sort of showcase of rugby league on, on the BBC in front of the nation, and they just wanted us to throw players out that were, were you know, flogged to death. Absolutely disgusting. And um, I mean, the rugby league, the RFL and Super League have made a lot of very, very bad decisions over a number of years, and this is just another one to add to the catalogue. I think this kind of decision sort of keeps the uh, the conspiracy theorist um, view of the. The, the, the RFL is against Salford. Um, but for me, Parker, it was, it was, it's a terrible decision, um, really, because obviously player welfare, like you said, was, it has been ignored. Um, and, you know, players need looking after, which, which, which didn't happen. It's not good for the game because obviously, you know, you don't want, you don't want Salford to be sort of, sort of punished, uh, for, for basically keeping the competition going, which is what happened here. But I think the problem really is, the fact that in Super League, there's, there's two sets of rules. There's the COVID rules, and then there's a, the normal sets of rules, right? And all your examples there are COVID-related, right? This one isn't. So Salford weren't, didn't play because they didn't have enough bodies because everyone was, was, was injured. Nobody had COVID, so... Unfortunately, they have to. They have to. The RFL have to follow the, the 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 RFL rules, don't they? I think it's out of order. I think it's wrong, um, and I think that's probably why um, sort of Paul King and the club didn't appeal against it because, unfortunately, the, the, there's a rules that they have to follow, and I think the RFL probably went in on ad on Salford because it stops other clubs thinking next season. Let's say the week before a semi final. If the Challenge Cup, they say, well, you know, we've got sort of 12, 13 players injured. We can't play this week against Wigan and we're going to have to save ourselves for, for Saints next week. And, and I think it stops the clubs thinking that because if, if they let Salford go and said, oh, fair enough, Salford, you know, you know, let you know, let you go. Other clubs would have would have seized on that and played it to their advantage, I feel. And that's why the RFL did what they did, even though they were wrong. But I think they, they did it to save the save the bacon later on. I, I just think these are exceptional circumstances, and then any any company, any corporation will make provisions for that. We were punished because we got lost the two points. You know that 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 was no good to us. That was punishment at the time, mm. um, and we're being punished in a time where financially we got no fans coming in. There's no money going into a club, so what do you do? You know, you try, all right, half of it's suspended, but you're still stripping thousands of pounds from a club that can ill afford it. That you're struggling to pay wages. Which again, if you know the players don't get paid, their mortgages don't get paid, their family have stress. It's it just an absolute. In these circumstances, in the world as it was in 2020, with that season being crammed in, you know, there's no saying that this season will be the same. So players, you know, if a club decides to say, "Oh, we've got a few injuries," go well, you know, you've only played, you, you know, you played two games in in two weeks. You know, that's not an issue. This this was this was disgusting. We were playing three every three or four days for a month. That's that's unacceptable in any level of, of sport. And they could have just said these are exceptional circumstances. We'll allow it this time. You got the you know, you lost the two points. That's that's enough for now. There's no need for the, the financial side of it at all. I think it, I just think it, it's it's a disgusting decision. I think it was as well. But I can see why they did it. Um other news. Uh Luke Yates uh signs for Huddersfield. Um Watto decides to take one of one of one of them with him. Um it's gonna it's gonna be a lost lot of tackling, a lot of hard work. Um but he's he's not he's not the be all and end of all the be all and end of all this squad. 
No, for, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought it was my player of the year last season. I thought it was magnificent. He turned up every week. He only missed, uh, I think, was it because of uh, the COVID? Or was he? Yeah, I think he got mm. tested for COVID, didn't he? And that was it. That was the only game. He, great, great acquisition for us last season. Again, would have come in on not massive money from London. But uh, he, he, you know, he's obviously made the decision that he don't want to stay. That's part of the, you know, the thing. Clubs can come knocking, but you've got a contract. You say, no, I'm going to stay and see my contract out. Um, I've enjoyed my time. You know, I've been, I played, I played at Wembley in a cup final with this club. Why would I, you know, decide to jump ship to a new, a new club again? And I've only just settled here. You know, we'd only moved up from London this, you know, last season. Um, disappointed to see him go, but if his heart's not in it, then, then you go. You know, this, this is the thing. Now he's no, we don't, have, we don't need to just cling on to players. And you know, we replaced him with Elijah Taylor, which for me is, you know. Certainly, experience-wise and, and everything else, he's, he's a better signing. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to work. Not all signings do work out, but um, Luke get, gave us a lot last season. Really did. And put his hand up every week, and, and like you say, did a lot of tackling, a lot of hard work, a lot of the a lot of the unseen stuff at times. Uh, and he, you know, it will be a loss in many ways, but we'll move on. Uh, he's gone now, um, and let's just hope he fails at Huddersfield. <laughs> Yeah, and he, and we get a fee as well, which which is always good and easy in these times. Um, talking about fees, um, Lee are in Super League, so they'll be uh, they'll be enjoying uh, the 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 finances of, of Super League, even though I think they're getting less than everyone else. Uh, is it is it good or bad uh, for Super League that Lee are now in it in the expense of Toronto? Uh, at the expense of Toronto, I think certainly in these times, and I wasn't. I'm not an, an anti-expansionist uh, by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. I want every nation in the world playing rugby league, and they don't think they all know what they're missing out on. But I just didn't think the Toronto adventure was was good for for Super League. I didn't think it'd work. Um, Covid obviously didn't help. But once that David Argyle's money dried up, who who's going to come in and back it? There's no there's no history of the sport there. There's no, you know what I mean. We struggle to find a backer. So how is you know a foreign sport in a foreign land going to do? Um, Disappointed that you know what's happened to him. Obviously, and I want you know I want him to come back, but I want to play in, in a North American league, if you like, and be, you know be massive there. Excellent, and let's see, you know let's have intercontinental games. That brilliant. That, that'll be you know that'd be a dream. But um, Lee, listen, they're probably the strongest financially and, and best set up club to come out of the the championship, out of the, the ones that were given the choice. Um, they certainly got they signed a few you know a few players. They've got a strong enough squad. Um, so, is it good or bad? It's a tough. I, I would have liked to see York come in. I'll be honest. I think their new stadium, but I don't know their finances. I don't know how quickly they'd be Super League ready. You know, I, I didn't see the documentation on that. Uh, I would have liked to see London come back. Um, just just for that 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 outlet, if you like, of a Super League that it's not just this northern sport or whatever, but that's, you know, besides Catalan, that's that's it. Um, so probably, I mean, the people who have made this decision will have made it, hopefully, you know, in in, in right minds, but um, I think I think Lee might surprise a few looking at their team. It's not bad. The, the trouble is depth of getting, you know, getting a depth of squad together in, in, in such a short time and it's, but, you know, it's a rugby league town, isn't it? I mean, has it got any more right or less right than anybody else? No, not really, but I, I think Lee's probably looking at it now in the cold light of day is the right choice. Yep, don't forget Derby Day for us as well. Uh, Parker, that'll put a few uh, pennies in the bank when we're all allowed back into the into the stadiums. I think that's a, a you know one positive that we've got to look at as a as a club. Um, but for me, especially with a Super League sort of TV deal uh, being reduced, you know as, as well, it, it, it's 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 important um, that. You know, if we want to expand the game, we we need to we need to be able to sort of reach out and sort of lose in Toronto is is a blow. But like you said, Parker, you know, have we have we got the the strength out there to keep it going? You see on Twitter, there's there's, there's thousands and thousands of Toronto fans, you know, watching it. Um, but is is there a proper sort of structure in place? Um, you know, to 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 be able to 
keep that club going for, for 10, 15 years. And obviously with the with the situation with, with the chairman sort of dropping off, um, it, it kind of went under, didn't it, unfortunately. Um, will it stop sort of clubs going, you know, Super League expanding again and going... Uh, you know, into Ireland or, or into France or, or whatever, will will that happen again with the COVID situation at the moment? It's difficult to say. I think they've just kind of played safe with Lee. Um, it, it part of benefits us as a club because we've got a derby, haven't we? We didn't really, well, we had Warrington, didn't we? But we've got a, a proper derby now. Um, but it will be interesting um, to see what happens. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that rugby league's never hasn't learned from from all this expansion stuff is it's fantastic. I, I've got like I said, no problem with it. And any any city or town in in, in Britain, absolutely come and join the Super League. You know, come and have a crack to what you can do. But what what we always need, and you've just mentioned it there about having a local derby. You need that that passion from a club, you know, clubs and fans to have this not not anti each other, I suppose, but to build something. If it's going to be a new fan base. Who do you dislike? Who's your Who's your rival? You know, like London, they just get a load of Northerners going down there every other week. If, if, if when they're in Super League, there's no, they don't have a rival as such. They don't have someone that can build up a, you know, uh, you know, West London v East London or something like that. Same with we tried in Gateshead and South Wales. You can't just plonk one team in the middle of nowhere and think mm. it's going to work. Same with Newcastle. You know, when it was Gateshead, they need something more. Uh, and obviously Lee have got that. And if, like you say, if fans are allowed in and Lee plays Saints, Warrington, Wigan, us, they get they getting crowds. There's no doubt about it. People come out and see that. Um, but if if you know if you put a team in in Coventry on its own, well, it doesn't matter which other northern team they're playing against, does it? You know, you need a rival, and that's that's what rugby league's never learned. Um, we, if we're going to develop. Let's focus on areas, not just one team. Uh, and that that builds a fan base, and it builds a you know a, a kind of I don't know what the word is I'm looking for to be fair, but probably an inner inner city or inner town rivalry, which then puts bums on seats, gets people excited, and it'll build from there. And then well, that community then between you know th- those two areas will build an amateur scene then because people get involved, and that helps going going forward. And I think that's just what we've got to learn. And at the moment, I don't think that that other choice other than Lee was really out there. I think the expansionist probably would have gone Toulouse, so you'd have sort of Catalan, Toulouse, French derby. Mm. But with everything going on with the with the COVID situation, it's, you put, you're sort of doubling the risk of of missing fixtures, aren't you? And talking about sort of the COVID situation, and you know thoughts and prayers with everyone who's who's, who's lost uh, someone during during this period, uh, Parker, uh, with the national lockdown in place. Now the championship and the and the league one season uh, pre-season have been paused. Uh, the academy, the scholarship, and the women super league has been suspended as well. Um, it, you know, it's really, really sort of like taking a sort of taking a hold on our on our game in the in the lower in the lower divisions. Yeah, and they can they can you know ill afford it. I mean, we think you know teams in super league struggle with with the money that they get off, off Sky, which we, we know he's obviously reduced or whatever. But these teams, I mean, can you can you imagine how it is trying to run a club like Swinton or you know a Keighley or whatever? Keeping all the players, getting facilities to train on that you've got to pay for, you know, stadiums to play in, and and and, and staff to to pay, and you haven't got a penny coming into the club, uh, and and probably you know for a, for a long term at the moment it looks like that might might be the case. It, it's horrific. It's a terrible situation. We all know why it's happening, and you know, I'm not going to go into to any you know political debate or anything <laughs> silly like that. I just think it, it is what it is, but. These clubs need supporting now, really, really strongly. And this is where, again, you go back to this TV deal, and, and you know, I'm not his biggest advocate anymore. But Mao and Kukash said a few years ago when we signed the last Sky deal, it's the wrong thing to do. We were tied into to one, you know, one brand, if you like. Um, and if they decide they're going to turn the tap off, what do you do? There's no other options. We've already turned our nose up at others. They're not going to come running back to us now. Um, so it's going to be really tough, and I just hope all that every single club in rugby league can can keep going uh, through through this pandemic, and we can get people back in stadiums as as quick as possible. But it's going to be real a real struggle for these clubs, and I, I do feel for them in a massive way. And we're going on about expansion; we need to keep hold of the ones we've got. Yeah, 
I think I think that's what it is, Parky. I think you know we're talking about uh, sort of the clubs there and and sort of the government handing out sort of the the bailing out sports, aren't they? Bailing out football, bailing out rugby union, bailing out super, you know rugby league, but they're only bailing out sort of the elite first division, and and nobody's talking about them them lower division clubs. Them clubs help develop players and, and you know the next superstars, and you know it's it's, it's difficult. It really is a difficult uh, sort of moment for for everyone. Really, like I say, you're just hoping that you know we 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 can all say stay safe in the next sort of few months and ride out this sort of big wave that's that's happening now and 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 get you know back in the stadiums and back generating juice for everybody and it's important i think it's something to look something to sort of focus your mind on in the in the darkest of, of days where we are now yeah it's going to it's going to be tough um for for everybody and i suppose in one way it's a blessing for for super league that it wasn't starting till march mm. it does give us a little bit more and we might catch a bit of season but what we can ill afford this season is what we had last season because the World Cup comes at the back end of the next season, so there's no there's no space, there's no time to, you know, rearrange any games, and then you might end up playing again three games a week, killing players, you know, and then expecting some of them to go and play, you know, at the World Cup against the Kiwis and the Aussies, who uh, who seem to have, you know, obviously relaxed quite a lot of their their lockdown rules and everything else. You got fans in grounds and that sort of thing, so. It put it put England and, and the home nation teams on on the back foot straight away for for the World Cup, so it might be a you know a little bit of a blessing starting late, but we need to get the season finished. So fingers crossed we can get through this as soon as and and get get the game back up and running. Yeah, talking about uh, the Corona crisis, uh, the Sulphur Devils Foundation have been sort of out out and out and about uh, helping feed the homeless. Uh, the Soup and Smiles project, uh, you know, fantastic job. The likes of Neil Blackburn and his and his and his crew there, you know, doing uh, that for the community. Uh, they do so much uh, parking in you know in times like this. Uh, you know, their actions sort of help uh, people get through. Well, don't they? I mean, the, the thing is with the foundation, it's, again, I've said it many, many times on here, it's so undersold, the work they do. And again, limited budget, limited staffing. You know, they work so hard to get, not not so much, you know, on the rugby league side, but to help the community as a com- community club. It's a big thing for us. And this, I mean, you know, what what a gesture to do over the you know, Christmas period and, and everything to to try and feed people who've got nothing else and at the moment again even you know, again going back to this pandemic you know there aren't the, there isn't the footfall walking down the street maybe to even give them you know a couple of you know a couple of pence to, to go and get something to eat or whatever you know these people are, these people out there struggling and more and more will and again I don't, I don't want to get you know it's not question time this but <laughs> um, you know it, it, it's very tough and to see that the, the, these guys take that and take their own time to do it you know these are special people who work so so hard for for the club and, and the community uh, on very little and, and get very little credit. And I don't think we as, as, as the spectators get to find out enough about them. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we should be sort of singing from the rooftops about them. Just be glad, Park. I'm asking you how long you're going to take to vaccine everybody. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd have it done in about two weeks. Anyway, <laughs> mate, no problem. No problem. But I'm lying <laughs> outside our house. Yeah, or, or like a Joey Olds pub or something, we'll all go there. Well, yeah, it'd be busy enough, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. But as soon as you know, as soon as everybody gets back together, the better. But these guys are still working tirelessly behind the scenes, trying to make the community safe. Yeah. Um, other other news. Uh, Connor Asp is on trial at the club. Um, t- I think it's a month's trial. Um, it's great for him, and it's great uh, for sort of for the, the the club. The supporters trusted are sort of paid for that opportunity as well, and I, I think it's. Like we talked about before about local lads getting that chance, and you know, with the supporters trust involved in that process as well, it's only it's only a good thing. Obviously, you want you want people to sort of join the supporters trust. I think it's ten pound for a membership, is it? And you know, you mm. you, you you get a say. You, you get to say you know what how they sort of help the club, and it's, it's fantastic. And I urge all supporters to you know to 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 help them and and, and get behind them. Yeah, I mean, firstly, on Connor, every time I've seen him, you know, he, obviously he's been limited, but he's looked really good. And I'm, I'm delighted he's getting his chance. Um, but, you know, at least you can train with it, these lads and learn a little bit more. And obviously, Danny Orbean at the club now, a halfback, he'll, he'll, he'll help him on. He can advise him. And if there is, you know, if there is as much talent in him as, as we'd like to think, he, he can drag it out. And then hopefully we can, you know, we can find a way of keeping the kid. And again, like we were saying about Wells and Watkins, 
um, that pathway, getting these kids, these local lads into the into the club, and people can see that 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 is happening. We're not just saying it. You know, we've said it for years. Oh, it's all about this. That get get him in there, and you know, the sports trust done a, a really good job there. In, you know, handing that money over to, and that, I mean, that's you know, that's why why they do this fundraising. Again, people working very hard behind the scenes for very little credit um, to to get this lad his chance. Um, and it'd be great if you know we could do that and get two or three more in there, and then hopefully eventually build to get a reserve team or a new academy team, and and help fund that and take that that burden away from the club again. We're in tough financial time. We're all in it. You know, I'm I'm literally just just in it. I've found out today that. Uh, Sadly, uh, my employer's closing down, so oh. the, the greatest of times. But you know, that's this, this is life, and we're all you know we're all in this. Um, but anything we can, you know, we can all do to to help the club out. Because I mean, people are listening to this now because of their love of Salford Rugby League Club, not for any other reason. You know, and without it, what would, where would we be? What would we do? You know, we, I think we all remember the the the, uh, the Pendleton Church scenario way back when. Uh, and it felt like a death sentence, and we don't want to go through that. So, you know, we can help the, the supporters just help the club. Um, it's just great all round, and uh, yeah, I just hope the kid gets gets a longer longer chance than just a mum. Support the club, support the trust, support the trust. Get Parker a job. That's there's the three big they're the three big things, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, just um, let's just getting towards the end now, Parker. Um, while things brought out some merch, uh, very good T-shirts. I like the look of them. Um, so we talked about the badge and and you know how it how it sort mm. of lends itself to uh, you know merchandise and and things like that. And I think you know uh, the Wild Thing have, have done a, a good job uh, producing these uh, these T-shirts. Yeah, it's good for them to, to be coming up with, with kind of new ideas. And and, and maybe, I think I think what we found with them is they listen to the fans. You know, and they they kind of trying to give us what what they want on, again limited limited budgets, I suppose, in terms of they can't just order, you know, a thousand of an item because they might end up with seven hundred of the less than losing money. Um, so they do they're doing good. Yeah, I mean it's good to see new stock. It's just a shame we haven't got anywhere to to retail it from really, rather than having to do it all online. And I mean at the moment it's it's, it's the only way you can do it. But going forward. You know, just just passing trade and that kind of thing. It'd be, it'd be good to have, but uh, yeah, I've I've seen it. I've seen it on uh, on Twitter. Um, some of it, yeah, it looks looks pretty good. Um, I know I'm probably going to end up getting one of them face masks anyway. Um, but yeah, the, the, the new t-shirts and stuff like that. It's it's good that it's there. And like I say, I think they're quite approachable. And I think if you do have an idea and you go to them, and you know, you got to weigh up obviously how many they'll sell. It can't just be something you fancy, you know. A lime green T-shirt with you know whatever on it. it it's got to be something that you think would sell. But I, I think they're quite open to that and uh, and looking for ideas. And uh, again, you know that money will go back some back to the club. And the, the more stuff we can sell, the more money goes into the club. Yeah, so it's been it's been great, Parker. Um, talking to you on this uh, podcast, great get great to get back in the old routine. Uh, talking all things all for Red Devils. Yeah, I can't wait till it's, it's all back and running until we get the friendlies on and, you know, hopefully we can start getting people back into into grounds and uh, see, seeing all the faces again, that's the main thing. You know, you, you kind of miss miss the crack with everybody. But, um, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. It's been a busy busy period, even though, you know, it has been Christmas and New Year. The club haven't stopped. All these new signings and, and, and everything else that's been going on. So, yeah, it's been good to good to catch up. Yeah, and like I said before to the, to our listeners, big thanks for, for for listening and and allowing us to 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 break records last last season in, in the sort of listening department all over the world. Uh, sort of people uh, tuning in and and listening uh, to us. Uh, Parker, I can't remember was was it was it Dubai or somewhere that that, that liked listen to you? Uh, I think it was out in wasn't it out in in China? Or nah, that was it. Yeah, or something like that. I'll tell you yeah, what, it is I'm absolutely. Absolutely shocked. Um, God, times are hard if my voice is travelling that far. <laughs> um, yeah, no, brilliant. No, like you say, you can only thank people for listening and you know taking an interest in what what we say. I mean, you know, we're just we're just fans like everybody else, and our, our opinions probably count for for nothing. But it's nice to to know that people are out there and and listening, and hopefully, you know, we can keep people entertained. And if uh, if, if you know they've got any ideas or anything they want to discuss, you know, get in touch, and we you know we'll try and. 
we'll try and tackle the big issues of the day. Yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him a shout out. He's called Trev Kennedy, and he lives in Shanghai. Yes, well. And he, I'm sure Shanghai is much better than Salford right now. <laughs> and he, he gave us a fantastic sort of review on 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 the Apple uh, podcast. Don't forget, you can you can leave re- reviews uh, with with the podcast. The more positive reviews, if you give us five stars, it, it improves our reach. Um, you know, and, and that allows us to to hopefully get more of a platform and and sort of get more listeners and, and that'll help sort of sell the club to, to potential fans and uh, he, he put a really nice uh, review he says he really enjoys the podcast um, it's very professional and slick always looks forward to it and especially when they have guests like Parky uh, and Tom from the MEN so uh, I knew that would brighten up your Christmas Parky when I, when I sent you that message yeah yeah he certainly did and, and, and surprised me but yeah no no thanks for that thanks for for the kind words and uh you know, like we say, we just we can just try, can't we, and uh, keep people informed and, and and just discuss what you know what our shared passion of this uh, this great club. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning into this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. Ibro Parkson, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. See you next week. Devil in the Dean set.